It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires, the host of this podcast, and uh, we're joined by Brian Taylor from Slingshot. Brian, how's it going, man? Jason, so good to see you again. Thanks for having me back, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited to uh, continue the conversation with you. And tell us, uh, I know we, we, you've been on before, but tell us about you. Yeah. you know, just, just kind of walk us through Brian's life. Absolutely. How how much time do we have? Should I pull up a couch and lay back and give you the Absolutely. whole story? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> uh, so uh, I live... A, I was born on a Tuesday. And then... <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a Friday, 3.45 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am... Uh, well, so let's start me personally. Uh, married to Lauren. We've got two kiddos and we live in North Dallas, uh, Texas. Uh, we are not originally from Texas. We're originally from the East Coast, but Texas is where we found ourselves for the last six years. And as you mentioned, uh, I work with Slingshot Group. Uh, Slingshot is a company that does staffing and coaching for churches and nonprofits. I like to say we're a culture company. Yep. Uh, we believe in healthy culture, healthy teams, healthy leaders. And one of the best ways we know how to do that is through staffing and coaching. And my role there is vice president of worship and creative arts, which is all the teams that serve worship, production, marketing, digital communications, a lot of the Sunday morning experience teams. And then uh, also here locally, uh, my wife and I are the worship and creative pastors at Covenant Church in Dallas. So uh, we awesome. live in both worlds and love it. I've been a worship leader, uh, worship pastor for, man, a long time. Yeah. Uh, 15 years full time and probably 20 years or so um, in total. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that you're uh, with Slingshot and you're doing it both and both sides yeah. and not just, well, not that's, just on one. That, that's a key part of Slingshot's philosophy. Our team is made of ministry practitioners and we like to call it like our, we keep our fingers in the dirt. You know, yep. it's it's one thing to be able to advise from the outside. It's a whole other thing when you've been in the trenches uh, with yep. the leaders that you're coaching and supporting. 100%, man. Hey, well, this this month we're talking about being a creative on a staff of non-creatives. Yeah. And like as the worship leader, worship pastor, worship director, whatever role you in, you're in, typically, uh, typically it's you. I mean, you, you have that creative personality, and it's not necessarily surrounded by people who understand you, understand hmm. who who you are, what you do. Maybe there are some other creative types on staff, but you know, if you're at a small church and it's you know there's three of you or maybe larger churches might have some more uh, some more 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 people there. But um, first, I wanted to ask you. How would you define a creative? Like what would be what would be kind of like a, a a definition that you would use for somebody like that? Yeah, I like to think of creatives. Hmm. I, I would say they're stewards of innovation. Ooh. And I like this broader definition. Obviously, there's a context that we're talking about in the yep. ministry context. Obviously, you're thinking about the worship leaders, the artists, the the designers, the the yeah. feelers on the team. But there there is this idea that a creative is someone who can step into a situation. They come on the scene, and what they see is what could be. 
Mm. And they're able to take the tools that they have in their hand, you know, skills, resources, and they apply those tools to the problem to come up with a solution that fits. And I think um, that allows us actually to see how people who are outside of the arts space or the traditionally defined creative space are also bringing a creative approach to what they're doing. And I think it it often helps us find a bit of empathy with some of those other team members that you just mentioned. Yeah. Steward of innovation. That's a great, I just, uh, that's paints such a great picture of what creatives do and are. And, um, and like you said, typically we think of it inside the worship world, the, the arts world, but that doesn't necessarily mean there are people that are creatives that aren't necessarily doing music or art. And um, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that their contribution, um, I mean, we could zoom in a bit and just let's talk about what are classically defined as worship and creative teams at a church. If, if I, as a worship pastor, don't consider that my front of house engineer or my, uh, you know, my a two or the guy that's just the lighting tech that does you know, the the designs. And if I don't think of them as just as important to the creative process as I am, then what I'm doing is minimalizing uh, something that God has created to, to bring into focus and to full view what he's designed and what his mission is for whatever moment we're stewarding. So yeah, I just think it's important to broaden a bit to see how everyone is a part of that creative process. Now, as a as a creative, and if I'm on a team of people who maybe are uh, maybe intellectual types or um, don't necessarily see creativity as a thing, um, why why do I feel misunderstood in a staff meeting? Say, for instance, mm -hmm. like I'm on I'm on a staff meeting and I'm trying to present an idea or I'm trying to say something, and it's like you just kind of get shut down, or maybe it's not coming across well. What do you? How do you how would you talk to that person and kind of explain that? Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges that we face as creatives, number one, is that we tend to personalize things that aren't personal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when someone provides feedback about a song or how a service went, um, it's really easy for us to take that which might have been constructive or about a certain moment or or opportunity that maybe we could have maximized in a better way and make it about us, make it about a, a personal attack, because what we do can be so closely tied to who we are, right? Our yep. art, our creativity comes from some of the deepest parts of us. And so keeping our identity in Christ, obviously it sounds cliche, but it's worth saying over and over again that we separate what we produce from who we are, uh, that those two things and, and the success or worth of those two things, they're not linked. Who we are, we're inherently worthy because of what Jesus has done for us and who God has created us to be. So we personalize things that aren't personal. And then second, I think in some of these contexts, like a staff meeting, our tendency is to uh, want to be I'd say this, we're starting from a place of wanting to be understood rather, in, rather than posturing ourselves to understand, mm. right? We're, we're looking to contribute as opposed to take it in. Yep. And I think if we reposition ourselves and say, you know, I wonder how this meeting would look different if I asked more questions than expecting questions to be asked of me. 
I wonder what the meeting would look like if I was not filtering things through the lens of my own great ideas, but instead looking to find the ways that people around this table can also contribute and can also bring in what God has gifted them in. You know, I think if we approached it that way, a little bit more open-handed, we might find uh, there's more opportunity for common ground. So good. And I like to, I like to separate the, I always like to, um, coming from a creative perspective, I like to separate the, the fact that I am a creative and what I do is just my output. Mm-hmm. And so like, I love how you said, I love how you say, uh, like separating, like, it's not personal. Like it's not like yeah. what you create is not who you are. And, um, and I come, I have just in the last couple of years gone through that separation where it was like, I'm an artist, I'm on the road, I'm traveling. And that was m- my identity was wrapped up mm. in who and what I was doing. And I started realizing if I took that away, what am I like, what am mm. I doing? You know? And, and then processing that realizing now you can't take away the fact that I'm a creative. Yeah. But like if I, for, for some reason lost my voice or, you know, I had a finger cut off and I couldn't play guitar, I had to learn, relearn things or whatever the case is. Like you can separate that. Now, do you have some uh, thoughts on how maybe how to do that or how to separate um, separate yourself from from that? And maybe where also where do you where do you find validity as a creative? Um, yeah. And and uh, yeah, can you kind of speak to that? So I, I think that's the question of the ages. And I think the first thing I, I would say is it's important for us to recognize that no matter where we're at in the journey, this is something that every creative struggles with. Yep. This is something that every person who wakes up in the morning and wants to do a good job struggles with. This is not something that is unique to us. And I think if we don't isolate ourselves in that sense, and we say, wait, um, I don't have to be better than I am in that, you know, or better than, uh, a better way to say this, I, I don't I don't have to put on a face as if I'm better than I actually am and acknowledge when things hurt us and acknowledge when things ping us and when acknowledge when something comes across in a way that was different than what we've expected, as opposed to just internalizing that. So I think that's the first thing, like we can't internalize things uh, and and not give voice to them. Now, how we do that matters, how we address that person uh, or the situation matters, but we have to recognize that we are in fact human and we're not, uh, we're not like, uh, we're not like Superman with the bulletproof kind of exterior, yep. we, we will get hurt. And there's parts of the process that will be wounding to us, but we've got to make the effort to not internalize it. The second thing is if you're coming from that place that says, uh, I know who I am in Christ and what I do for him uh, and what I do for his people and what what I do for those that he's given me the opportunity to serve is, is an expression of love and gratitude, not... Uh, the answers to a test or exam. If we're constantly reminding ourselves of that and putting it in front of us, um, you know, I have, I have a, I did a a life plan a few years back. And from that there, there's a set of core values 
and kind of a vision and purpose for my life that I review every day. I, at least I try to yeah. uh, review every day. And what that does is it reminds me of what's important to me, regardless of what the day is going to look like or what the weeks are looking like. Being able to see that reminds me of what I've decided is important and who I've decided I want to be. And that's what I would encourage creatives to do. Write it down somewhere. I'm not what I make. I'm I'm not as only as good as my last Sunday. Uh, and use that to spur you on to make better decisions each day. Love it. Love it. Now, we live in a world uh, where striving to duplicate the record is a thing. Mm -hmm. Like as a worship leader, you know, it's like I want to sound. We just come off of Easter, you know, come. I want to sound like that record. I want to sound right. like that space. You know, even a lot of guys have le senior leadership that are saying, I want you to sound like. I right. want the music to sound you have the ability now with tracks and and our we've gone from like creating a space or creating arrangements and building to going I need to accomplish a task and you know make it sound like something if I don't it maybe I I haven't reached the mark or whatever why is now why is creating an important part of being a creative and have you uh have you seen this kind of like be the like a like the catalyst to burnout even um on hmm. on some on some regards um like so why yeah i guess my question is why is why is creating such an important part of being a creative and how do i do that yeah. better man that's a that's a great question and i think how the church has evolved in terms of resourcing like you mentioned tracks and support and all of that stuff um is really opened up a brand new set of opportunities and they have brought with them a brand new set of challenges like the yeah. one you just described. And um, I think it is worth noting, I'm going to take it from a different angle for a yeah. second. It is worth noting that duplicating the record might actually be the best scenario in your situation. Um, you know, oftentimes, practically speaking, more times than not like producers, arrangers, even the players on the record have painstakingly gone through options to come to the melodies and hooks and instrumental parts um, that create and, and you know, make up what we're hearing. And creativity, uh, sometimes we can create for creative creating sake yep. uh, and different, different isn't always better. Uh, just because we do it differently doesn't mean that we're doing it better. Just like it doesn't mean we're doing it worse. Sometimes we're just doing it differently. And so the encouragement that I have is if we're creating, um, we should be creating not just to create, but for the sake of creating more meaningful, connected contribution. And that's what I think about when I, when I think of my role as a creative, why is creating an important part? Because that's what we're designed to do, to create opportunity for more meaningful, connected contributions, not just from us, but those that we invite into the process with us. And I also think context is so important. Like perfect example, you know, if I'm leading worship in a room, like it's a conference in a room that seats 6,000 people, let's say, then doing the record version of the Elevation song that was recorded at conference or at an arena, it's probably going to fit. If right. I try to take that arena arrangement 
and put it in front of a room that's got 60 people in it or a small group of six people. Like how I lead in a coffee shop is very different than how I lead at a conference. And so this is why I say if we're creating to make the contribution more meaningful and connected, then it's a win. If we're just creating because we want to do it differently, well, I don't know, that that can go either way. So I think remembering the context and making sure that the context is, I here's how, here's how I'd say it. It's more relevant to me, uh, more relevant than giving my team permission to create is giving the team permission to contextualize. More than just, hey, let's, let's make it fun and let's make it different. I, I like to go, what does this sound like if it's us here in this place, in this moment, as opposed to them there in that place where they were? So happy you're on this conversation. This is so good. I'm like, I'm over here taking notes and like processing what you're saying. I love it. Now, part of part of a worship leader's job description is to be creative and also be administratively gifted. Mm. And and uh. <laughs> let's just be honest, those two yeah. things don't go hand in hand. Like they're creatives and administrative, it doesn't really go hand in hand. Uh, then like I said, they don't always line up. Now, can you give us some advice on how to do both and do them well? Yeah. So in, in my coaching of creative leaders, this is probably the topic that comes up the most and is also, if I, if I flip it, when I'm working with executive or senior pastors, one of the biggest challenges that they say, I just can't figure out how to get my worship leader or, or creative pastor to stay in a system or a process or a tool. So like, if you're struggling with this, you are not alone. This is something that so many creatives live in. And the truth is that there are some creatives that are going to lean more kind of loose, kind of on the creative side. And there are some creatives that lean more administrative and a very, very small few sit right in the middle. What I've realized in, in my own journey of leadership is um, I'm, I'm never going to solve the problem. Uh, I just have to sit in the tension and make sure that I'm applying the appropriate amount of effort to each area. Does that make sense? Yeah, like absolutely. it's never, I'm never going to wake up and suddenly be everything that I wasn't yesterday. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a part of me that's going to be frustrated by my creativity and a part of me that's going to be frustrated by my administration and administrative ability. And so as a leader, then what I have to do is know uh, either through coaching or just kind of growing in self-awareness and growing in self-awareness, I've got to know where I've got to put effort. Now, here's what a lot of creatives say. Well, I'm just not wired that way. I'm wired to create or I'm naturally gifted to, to create the art side of things and the systems and processes and tools and administrative just doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah. The, the truth is though, like I started, I started playing piano when I was three. I come from a musical family. So I was three years old. My dad's a keyboard player. My grandfather plays keys and they all sing and, and play instruments. And I, I kind of sat down and started playing, picked it up, self-taught. When I started as a three-year-old or four-year-old, I could only play in the key of C, right? Now, yep. I didn't I didn't then go, well, I guess every song I'm ever going to play or going to sing is going to be in the key of C because that's just, that's what came naturally to me when I sat down and started playing. No, we work on our creativity. We work on our gifts. We work on our instruments. We work on our voice. And uh, it, it's not always comfortable. It's not always enjoyable. And I think 
that's probably where most creatives lean is that they're really comfortable growing and exploring their art and their talent, but then they don't take that same principle and apply it to their administration. And so my, my encouragement then would be, you may not be administratively gifted, but every leader can be administratively competent. Or you might not be creatively gifted, but you can be creatively comp competent. Like you might not be able to sit in a brainstorming meeting and just rapid fire innovative ideas, but you can learn how to contribute, right? And so what we want to do is optimize where we're strong, but then build structure and systems around where we're weak so yep. that uh, it doesn't become a detractor to us. Does that make sense? Totally. And I would, I would add to that a lot, like we talked earlier about uh, where your identity lies is mm. being willing to bring in people that can that yeah. can fill in, fill in fill in some of those gaps and a lot of times. So I mean, Jason, I know you I know you coach. I want to hear like where do you see that? Well, like, I was where just, do you see that in leaders you work with? Yeah, I was just gonna say the like I was working at a I was helping at a church recently, and uh, the worship leader had an assistant who took care of the details. And he, which left him free to do some of the dreaming and the big picture yeah. and not, a, not necessarily everybody's role, right. but at the same time, you have the, uh, you have the, you have to be willing to kind of relinquish that and go like the people around you make you stronger. And, yes. and, um, you know, but again, the, it's interesting as a worship leader, you got to be creative. You got to administratively gifted. You got to have leadership skills. You got to be a, have some form of music music, mm -hmm. music training. Not to mention have the calling as a worship leader. So there's a lot that's wrapped into yeah just getting that person to be the one that goes into uh, leading. And your um, and like you said, no one's gonna do all of that well. And right. They're gonna something's gonna lack, and it's uh, it's where you sit and where you um where you uh yeah it's where you find your ability and just be able to release that to the person to be yeah. able to do that um and do that well now how do you uh you talked about um wanting to like learn how to do it better uh mm -hmm. i mean it's great in today's world i mean there's there's tools now that help right. us i mean planning center is a great i mean it just if you can wrap your head around planning center it can take care of a lot of the administration yes. for you um, did you ever do like spreadsheet schedules? Oh, did you absolutely. ever have to? Do, oh my gosh. I was trying to explain this to, I'm, I'm in the stage now where there are people that are like in our ministry that don't remember ministry that before planning center. <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying to explain to them what it was like to do like an Excel spreadsheet and you had to work down your list and you Ooh. were like phone calls and text messages. Are you available kind of stuff? And I'm like, man, just the friction that those kinds of tools, I mean, it's a perfect example you, you use a great system or a great tool, you build that structure around where you're weak and eliminate some of the friction that keeps you from doing it well. Yeah. Totally. I saw this, uh, I was thinking about that in terms of cars the other day. I saw a guy driving this like 1980s pickup truck that had like a, like it had, there was like a radio and mm. maybe an air conditioning button and his windows were down and he was just driving along love and life. And then he was followed by a car, a guy in a Tesla with like yeah. a, with like, <laughs> like a screen. And I was like, op wow. yeah, like extremes. Extreme yeah. opposite. I was like, we went from like, do it yourself to, you know, living life of luxury. And, and now people now like these kids get in cars. They're like, we, I don't realize what it, I didn't, I don't, what do you mean? Crank the window down. I push the button right. and it rolls, right. it rolls it down. 
the the band I was in this past weekend at a church, uh, I we we did um, believe for it from CC Wine and yeah. and and, and uh, I was like, oh, everybody, I just kind of assumed in a, in the, my words that people know who CC Winans is, and right. my bass player uh, was born after I got married, and so mm. he uh, and he was <laughs> like he was like C- who's CC Winans, and I was like, ah, <sighs> I don't. I looked at him and I was like, we're fi- sorry. You're we're fired. Sorry. You're fired. I, you need to leave. I don't know how to, I don't Are know what to do saved? with you. He's right not now. even saved. Is that he's a, not, he's, even, he's not, you're not even saved. How do you know There's that? No how way. do you not know who this is? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like my kids went to a movie theater, uh, this over the weekend and the movie theater by us that we normally go to, you know, has like the reclining seats and stuff. And, uh, they, that one didn't. And oh. my, my wife was like, my, was laughing because she texted me like, uh, that my daughter was going, my seat's not, my seat's broken. Can we move? My seat's broken. And she's like, what do you mean your seat? It's like, it doesn't go up. And she's like trying to find the button. And I'm like, you don't, you don't even remember. They, you don't remember what the movie theater seats used to be like. <laughs> it was right. like sitting in a folding chair. We just share an armrest with the guy that, next and to you. And that was it. Yeah. It, but Sit. you're right. It's just kind of like a totally different extreme and in different normal what we would consider an extreme yep is now becoming a normal yeah it's funny to think that because i mean we've been th- we, we went through the, the process and like from one to the other and to think like not understanding yeah all of that you know putting in context uh toy story one came out in 1995 right. and now it's so I'm like anybody born after 95 you've just lived with digital animation you've yeah. lived with the ability to do that and um so it's just interesting. Well I think that's I mean back to your question about yeah. like this this tension between administrative and creative like I I come from a time where there wasn't a worship staff. Oh yeah. Now, there are there are plenty of churches that 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 you know only have one person or like they have a part but I'm coming from places where the entire church was run basically by volunteers volunteer yeah so all the sunday morning singing and choir directing and yep. all of the stuff that we had and you know, like even the bands like and, and it's it's crazy to me because you talk to some some younger leaders that are coming in and it's like wow like i'm the only person on staff i'm like yeah you are getting paid <laughs> let's start there there's so many people around the country that are doing your job and working their their own kind of nine to five deal Monday through Friday and showing up and serving faithfully. And I think that's why it's important for us to not just go, Oh, you know, if we can hire someone great, because I love that. I'm a huge fan of hiring, you know, around, but it's like, it can't, that just can't be this. The only solution is that you have to throw more money at it. I think as creatives, we also have to take the ownership of saying even something you delegate delegate is not abdication. You can't just delegate it and forget about it. You right. still have to care. You still have to be involved. So we got to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone, whichever side of that spectrum. If we lean administrative, you know, we're probably going to have to not want to clamp down immediately on all the creatives. And if we lead in creative, we're not going to, you know, we don't want to look at the administrative people as trying to put us inside of a box. In fact, I like to think of it as like, um, what they're what what often systems and structures provide is they make the coastline more like a sandbox. So it's much less overwhelming, 
but you can work within a clearly defined set of boundaries. That's where the best creativity happens. And so if we can learn to scope our creativity into those sections of, of space and time and resource, uh, that's where I think we'll actually see our effectiveness go way up and our, our impact will skyrocket. Totally. Totally, man. Now that's awesome. As we, as we kind of wrap up today, um, I love this, by the way. I'm just, uh, and speaking of creativity, let's talk about food. Um, yes, yes. Yes. It was one of my food. favorite parts so, of our last discussion. <laughs> last time we talked, we talked yes. about your, your, your Kamado grill and the ribs, spatch, spatchcock chicken, like, yes. uh, you know, the Alabama white sauce. Like we, yes. went, we went into like the yes. heaven, this is heavenly conversation. Yes. This is what, this is what worship leaders do. If you've Absolutely. never, this is, we talk about food. Um, yes. What and else we eat it. We, and we eat it. it. That's exactly right. Yes. And and then if you're going to create, I'm going to want to yes. eat. I'm going to want to be a part of the creation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't just open up a box and yeah, we want to make it and enjoy it and love it. And 100. so what else have you been making recently? What else? What's going on the on your grill or what are you? What have okay. You done? So uh, I have been uh, full disclosure. I've been preparing for the summer. <laughs> so uh, I've not been eating uh, the kinds of things that I would necessarily love to eat. And yep. uh, but that being said, I have been experimenting. Uh, I love a good dip. And oh, yeah. so I've been playing with dip like queso recipes with different meats. Um, I've also really enjoyed like uh, they're here almost said again, smoking vegetables, using yeah. putting vegetables in a smoker. We That's talked right. about this in the last Absolutely. episode. Just, yes. We're totally going to be canceled for, for smoking vegetables. But what <laughs> we mean is we're putting the vegetables in the smoker Into. and the, yes. yeah. Um, something simple like that, man, like just trying different combinations of flavors and seasoning, but the newest hit in our home uh, that we're just like, it's just freshly un unpackaged. I don't even know if you have one of these is an air fryer because some of the guys on our production team were like, the air fryer is going to change your life. So I don't know. I'll have to report back next time okay. on what, what, what I add to the, you know, to the toolkit once I understand even what the air fryer is. I'm starting to run out of kitchen space is my problem. Yes. I can air fry. I was like, I would look at one an air fryer and I thought it has to go somewhere. And it, it yes. like, I have to have a room to put it into a cupboard or a place. Yes. And I'm like, cause then you got the instant pot. And then, I mean, there's, yes. there's all sorts of, and they just get bigger. They get, they get yes. bigger and they, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is like an extra large ninja like extra large air fryer because i yeah. say go big or go home right if you're gonna and do so, it yeah i'll have gonna... to let you know how i'm really looking forward to french fries apparently that's what i need to be looking forward to <laughs> is homemade french fries in the air fryer it sounds so that i'll report back to you on that sounds one. amazing last night last night i uh we're just having hot dogs and brats and i opened up the fridge and i saw onions bell yes. peppers and pineapple and yes. i was like my my brain went I could father throw son all that on the spirit. Group. Father, son, <laughs> Holy Spirit, <laughs> baptism by pineapple. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, that's, and uh, yeah, we are going to get canceled. And the, yeah, um, absolutely, and it'll right. be worth it because uh, I bet those brats were amazing. And they were. And I, uh, my my eleven year old daughter is becoming a foodie like myself. And she, I was telling her about what I was thinking, and she's like, "That does not sound terrible." And mm. I look over last night and she's scooping pineapple and yes and onions and putting it on her hot dog and and I her her eyes like you know cross I went cross-eyed when she was eating this thing and 
Um, and so, yeah, I'm in. This is you got to enjoy. I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do a little bit of that this coming weekend. You have inspired me. You've I started inspired me. thinking about like we have a friend of ours. I was I, we we hit we hang out all the time, and I sent her a picture, and my wife was like, "You realize she can't have pineapple, right?" And I was like, "Oh, that was a bad idea." So I was like, "Quit." I was like, "How do? What do you? Would you hmm. substitute for the pineapple?" And she said she she said do it with grilled peaches, hmm. and I was like oh my gosh grilled peaches onions and bell pepper on top of a hot dog i can't oh. even process what that would the brown sugar i'm not that would sure come if, out of the... i'm not sure if we're on video or not if it's just audio but i wish you could see the facial expressions that we are exchanging <laughs> as we're both visualizing and why is this the most like passionate part of the whole conversation? no it's not it's, it's like it's I'm right it's right it's amazing. This is, so, that's creative. That's exactly right. That's why we do it. That's why we talk yes. about. It. But can 100%. have you ever had grilled? Pe- I've had a grilled. I had a grilled peach once with uh with a with the vanilla ice cream on top. Yeah, it was just a grilled peach vanilla ice cream on, t- and you scoop it out. Oh, yeah. okay. So I'm we had a- someone that used to make peach cobbler. Yeah, but they would they would grill the peaches first, and then the what was on top was grilled peaches like with the ones on top had the actual like the marks oh yeah the, and like your brain can't comprehend <laughs> mind-blowing that's, that's right everybody's mind like blowing. not what I'm, I'm supposed to be eating heading into the summer but now that yeah. i've said it i must i'm gonna have to get a recipe and make it's it. a grilled peach come on if you can't have it a grilled is. peach it's a, it's a fruit it's, it's fine it's We're, a fruit it's fine so hey man how, tell us how we can connect with you and and yeah uh, absolutely Easiest way to connect with me, probably Instagram. Everybody's everybody's on all the social networks. I'm everywhere, but Instagram, uh, at Brian Taylor, B-R-I-A-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R. In the link, there's my uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. There's a link to Slingshot Group. You can find Slingshot Group as awesome. well on Instagram and slingshotgroup.org. Love it. Hey, man, I appreciate you hanging out today and uh, talking about grilled peaches. <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> jason it's always a pleasure to to, to chat with you and yeah. uh, I, I always leave inspired for a number of reasons um it's... both in ministry and outside of actually you're ministering to me some of that recipe stuff is is hitting me deep so i it's appreciate how you you get it ministering to you and the people you're gonna feed that's what come on means. yes that's how it works it's the All table right, man it's the table it's the table we'll see everybody next week